0: another edition of Bucky's fifth podcast if you missed it on Tuesday we recapped Kent State uh, and did a little bit mailbag and then today we are going to dive into the Michigan State preview obviously a huge matchup for the Badgers a Big Ten conference game uh, at home Camp Randall 230 I believe on ABC so another huge game uh, for Wisconsin as they uh, embarked on this season and so far it's been so good so we hope to keep going with that Matt how are we today
1: I'm doing great. Uh, just got done with the the full time uh, day job, nine to five, but uh, i am ready to to rock another podcast and talk about Michigan State.
0: Perfect. Well, we'll get right into Michigan State. And the one thing I noticed with this team, they've they've kind of been up and down. I mean, they're four and two. They've they've kind of beaten the lesser teams, um, and they've lost to the I don't want to say more talented teams, but the teams that are at their level are better than them. So. What are your kind of initial thoughts on the Spartans as we head into week seven?
1: Yeah. And I think you hit the nail on the head talking about them kind of being up and down, you know, when they've taken on, they lost to Arizona state and Ohio state. They've really struggled offensively. You know, their defense is their calling card, which isn't a complete uh, veer from Mark D'Antonio usually does. Um, But you know, the offense is kind of been a mixed bag. The, The rushing offense specifically, they're 100th in the country in rushing offense, which if you're thinking Michigan State, that doesn't really uh, normally uh, jump out or be the case. So they're 10th in the Big Ten in rushing. And then kind of middle of the pack in passing so their offense uh hasn't been uh especially in those bigger games when they've needed it uh, up to par uh especially against arizona state who i know is talented but doesn't necessarily have the elite defense as say wisconsin ohio state or penn state other teams that they're going to see uh in their conference slate um what what jumps out to you about uh their season thus far
0: yeah, it's kind of the same thing. I mean, when you look at you look at their their games that they've had so far this season, you see the two losses to Arizona State at home, and then of course to Ohio State. And you know this team is only averaging 8.5 points per game against those two teams. I mean, they were they've been held to ten against Ohio State and seven against Arizona State. So you see where the struggle has been for, uh, for the Spartans on offense, and then obviously their defense has held them and kept them in games, which has gotten them essentially the four wins, but. They've just kind of been all over the place as as someone who's I, I do my weekly betting column and I've had Michigan State in there three times and I've lost on them all three times. So you can just kind of see it's hard to figure out what this team really is. I think they're better than what they've looked at times. But at the same time, you know, the, that's kind of preseason inclinations where all of a sudden maybe they're just not as good as as we thought at the beginning of the year. So they're, they're kind of a hard team to figure out, but they've still got a lot of talent that, similar to Michigan, could bust out. You know, They don't have as much talent as the, the Wolverines, but you can see the players on their roster where all of a sudden they could happen. It'll be an interesting matchup for sure as, as we get into it. And one thing going off of that, I thought it was just really weird. How weird is it to you that these teams have only faced off twice since that Big Ten championship in 2011? I mean, for a conference foe with these new divisions, you're not really seeing a ton of these teams.
1: Yeah, and they had played each other so often. You know, they played in 07, 08, 09, in 10, 11, and in 12. And then they had a big stopgap until um, Alex Hornibrook's first start uh, against them uh, in East East Lansing where the Badgers beat them. That was a rough uh, season for Michigan State. You know, they kind of, similar to this year where they were highly anticipated, big ranked team, and then things kind of the wheels fell off for them. Um, so far, I would say this year's Michigan state uh, team, I think is a little bit better, but at the same time, it kind of has that same flavor where a lot of media pundits were talking about talking them up as a team that could win, but we'll see what they bring to the table. But the Badgers obviously won that game in 2016, but this will be the first time for a lot of these players, the vast majority of them that they're going to be taking on Michigan state. Uh, other than guys like Zach Bond and Chris Orr who have, who've kind of been there. So it'll be it'll be a a big test for a lot of these guys. And with the amount of guys who are from Michigan, it's probably exciting because a lot of them, you know, kind of spurned Michigan State to go to Wisconsin in the first place.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of one of those things that Paul Chris and and Mark D'Antonio are obviously familiar with each other because in those games that you mentioned before 2011, Paul Chris was still around and some of them. And, you know, so they're still familiar with with each other. But the players, like you said, are are not really familiar with his opponent. And that's kind of what you see in these in these Big Ten, you know, East and West divisions. You don't see a lot of these teams that often anymore. I mean, you look at Michigan, you've had them the last few years. But before before this last little run, you hadn't seen them for a while. And then You know, in these upcoming this season and these upcoming years, you're going to get a little bit more Ohio State. But you look at Michigan State; I think they don't play again after this one until 2022. So you're not going to see a lot of the Spartans. And you know, when these two teams play, it's always been one that's that's been an interesting game. I mean, there's a lot of memories that come to mind i mean the lee evans game if you remember that one back in the day was oh yeah was a fun one that was probably one of the cooler ones that we that, that i've been to just to see that performance this game always has a lot of intrigue you know over the history and it's kind of unfortunate that you don't see these two teams play as much as they do because you think about even the the hail mary at michigan state which is probably one of my more painful losses that i can remember what about you you remember that one
1: oh god that was that was uh heartbreaking <laughs> you know and oh. it it the these the divisions make it hard and these are two teams that they're fun when they do get together you know that's kind of ping-ponged back and forth in terms of you know wins and losses so they have such uh you know similar styles defensively and offensively in terms of kind of what they usually do and development uh of talent so it's it's always a great matchup so you wish that they could uh they could play more often
0: yeah absolutely but you know when we, when we get together, it, it, you got to take advantage of it and you gotta enjoy it. So we'll dive kind of into this year's game because obviously that's the most prevalent on on people's minds. Going into it just just off the, the top of my head, you know, what maybe player or player matchup are you looking for that, that might be a big key in this game?
1: I think I mean, I think there's a lot of different ones. I think you can always talk about the Badger offensive line against their front seven. You know, Michigan State's got some some real dudes on that uh front seven with Kenny Willikus and then you got Joe Bocce at linebacker and then Raquan Williams at D tackle. So they've got some 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 big bodies that can make some plays, but I, I'm in all honesty, I think uh the place that I'm most interested in because I I think Daryl Stewart, he's a very good receiver. He's he's compiling just silly stats for them. He's already got 600, yard, 600 plus yards, um, averaging over 100 yards a game at wide receiver. He's built similar to Quintus Cephas, you know, 6'2", two, like 214, something like that. And, you know, he's got a big wingspan, can jump, can win the contested balls. So I think that matchup against Wisconsin secondary is the matchup that I'm really going to be looking for because Michigan state has struggled offensively, but it hasn't been because of him. He's a, he's a stud and it's a guy, he's a guy that, you know, I would expect Darron Harrell and Cesar Williams to kind of uh, take shots at him, you know, being bigger corners, kind of body up press man that the Badgers usually run will uh, hopefully knock him off of his uh, normal route tree. But you know, that's that's the matchup, because when Wisconsin has struggled, it's been against big play receivers that can make plays when it's been Ohio State in previous seasons or or other receivers. Even Michigan was able to to make some plays with Nico Collins later in that game when uh, it was kind of out of hand.
0: Yeah, I think you yeah, I think you hit the, the nail right on the head with that. I mean, that's that's exactly who I was going to say, too, because, uh, you know, like I like I wrote in my keys to victory post today. If there's been one chink in the armor on this Wisconsin defense, it's been the pass defense. Now, granted, they they're only rank they rank eighth in passing yards allowed, so it hasn't been terrible. But I don't think the Badgers have been tested. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Badgers haven't quite been tested by a guy and you know like that. Obviously, Nico Collins was the guy who you expected to be their biggest test probably throughout the whole season. He he didn't quite get involved in the game against Michigan until later in the. In the game, but you saw you know what what could happen against with this defense if they start to hit some big plays with their with their big time receivers. So I think that one is is definitely going to be one to watch because Lewerke is he hasn't had a great year but he hasn't had a bad year. And if he can get get you know that connection going, it could be something to help them sustain drives. And then of course, like you said, the the defense is going to be one. I think Joe Bachi is one that. Uh, Badger fans, if you don't know him already, you, you're gonna probably know his name if you've watched any Michigan State games. He's, his name's been said, uh, you know, multiple times because he's in, and you know, he's kind of one of those guys that he's he's in on every play. He's making a ton of tackles. He's disrupting the game. I mean, if you remember last year, he had a a big pick, a uh, swat pick against Utah State. You know, he's just a playmaker that way. And I've everybody talks about Woolikiz, but Bocce is 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 really someone to look out for. So if they can contain One of those two guys, I think you got to look at him as a matchup too. But going off of that and how this is going to work against Michigan State, I think a big thing to look at is is the offense, and specifically that front seven that we already talked about a little bit. How do you kind of expect the Wisconsin offense to to go at those guys? Because if there's one unit that's really solid, it's been them. So how can the Badgers attack that defense to have success?
1: Yeah, I mean, that defense has is, is been really good. You know, they're doing really good in terms of quarterback sacks, averaging about three sacks per game, which is ranked for 21st in the country and tackles for loss. They're 17th in the country, so they really can kind of stuff the run. But at the same time, I saw I saw times where Ohio State was able to make big chunk plays. You know, those numbers are actually a little inflated because of that game. I thought that Ohio state was able to kind of do some damage on the ground, which loosened up their secondary with Josiah Scott, who's a really good corner uh, for Michigan state that they could start uh, being able to hit them at all three levels. So I think if the Badgers uh, want to win this one and kind of continue, uh, they got to, they got to dictate the game. You know, Wisconsin has done a really good job of, of scoring first and kind of being in the driver's seat. If Wisconsin could do that again and, and, and continue to just ground and pound, um, dictate first and second down, uh, and then be able to kind of put yourself in in positive uh, third and short or uh, get it in those first two downs. Those first downs, it, was, it would be huge because time of possession is something both teams uh, will try to take control and own the game. But the Badgers have thus far have just been doing it better than anybody in the country uh, with 37 minutes per game. So if the Badgers want to kind of get keep that going they've got to they've got to get it going on the ground in my eyes even if it's going to be tough sledding
0: yeah I would agree I mean I think I I had written down sustained drives is kind of my the big thing that you have to look for and that's prevalent in every game for Wisconsin but more so against a team like this who's who's really been good against the run and and can put you in some tough situations but overall the weakest part of their defense has been their third down defense. I think they're ranked 47th in, in third down defensive efficiency. So you look at a team that has had a lot of success on defense. The one problem they've had is is getting off the field on third down. And for the Badgers, I think you have to, you're going to have to hit on some of those plays. You're going to have to convert some of those third downs. And, and that kind of starts with at the same time, like you said, having positive plays on first and second down, you know, the Badgers the last few weeks, I guess, especially when you think back to Northwestern have had some times where they, they haven't had a lot of success on first and second down and it's put them, you know, in third and long or third and behind the chains. So you, you got to stay ahead of the chains against a defense like this, because if, if you don't, and they know you're going to pass, then they can send those guys that, uh, that can make some havoc and, and cause some problems Uh, against your your offensive line and and throw off your passing game that way kind of going off of their defense we we look at their offense for michigan state because we've we've kind of hit on a lot of their defensive stuff and the main thing that you look at is their offensive more so their protection Um, up until this week they've done a really good job of protecting brian lewerke and i think while he hasn't been the greatest quarterback he also hasn't been bad but a lot of that's because of how they've protected the quarterbacks. So what do you think the Badgers need to do or can do to, to replicate kind of the same pressure that Ohio State did? You know, they got four sacks last week, but other teams haven't really gotten to the quarterbacks. So what does the Badgers need to do to slow this offense down and, and make those plays like Ohio State did?
1: You know, with with Wisconsin... And Jim Leonard usually going with the press man to man, you know, and then keeping safeties either two safeties high or those single safety high. Uh, you know, they they try to make it so that they can get after the quarterback and bring an extra guy, bring an extra two guys in situations. So I think trying to knock uh, Brian Lewerke off of his spot, you know, quarterbacks are oftentimes in a rhythm. If you can, if he can hit that one, two, three, it's out, you know, he's, he's a pretty good quarterback. You know, he's got 11 touchdowns, only two interceptions. So he's not a guy who turns the ball over uh, a whole lot, but at the same time, he he's only Uh, completing 58 percent of his passes. So most of the time when he struggles, it's when he's knocked off of his spot, something that I think whether it's the defensive line or whether it's the outside linebackers, inside linebackers have been uh, filthy in terms of getting into the backfield as well, led by Chris Orr and Jack Sanborn. They got to just get pressure consistently and not be afraid to bring it. They've got to be able to trust those cornerbacks to be able to hang on an island against some, some pretty good receivers. But at the same time, if they could simply knock him off of where he is and where he wants to be in his, uh, in his drop back, that can be all the difference. So he can't get to Stewart and he can't get to Cody white who are by far their uh, top leading receivers.
0: Yeah, I would agree. And, and kind of going off of that too, I think you have to you kind of kind of look at the Ohio State game as, you know, a similar not quite a, you know, Wisconsin doesn't have the same defense as them, but they do a lot of similar things and really what Ohio State did well was was take away the run game from Michigan State and make Brian LeWerk beat him They you know, the Spartans only ran for 67 yards against the Buckeyes and you've kind of seen that that same issue throughout the year where they have to they have to rely on throwing the ball and that's when defenses can really have have at their offense is because they, they know what's essentially coming because they can't run the ball and for Wisconsin's defense obviously they've dominated you know in pretty much all phases so I, I really think kind of going off what you said they're gonna have to maybe make one you know make one dimension of Michigan State beat them and that would be make Brian Lewerke beat you and if he if he has to drop back and, and make some of those throws you just got you got to make it tougher on him as uh, as the game goes on. Speaking of Lewerke, I mean, he hasn't been great. I mean, last year he really struggled, but he hasn't been as bad as last year. Uh, do you think so far that this is probably the best passing attack that the Badgers have faced, given how much Shea Patterson kind of struggled in uh, in the Badgers' first game?
1: Yeah, I would think so. You know, I, I he's... Lurkey is a guy who, when he was uh, two years ago, before he got injured last year, you know, he was playing some really good football, and people were really thinking that he was going to be one of the top guys in the Big Ten. You know, a signal caller that you could trust. And then last year, obviously, he plateaued pretty hard. Um, but this year has been been okay for him. You know, I talked about his passing percentage. He hasn't been. Striking the ball way downfield a lot. Um, they've been kind of um, dink and dunking down the field using those bigger receivers. You know, like I said, Stewart's 6'2, Cody White is 6'3. So they have those big bodies, which actually Wisconsin corners match up fairly good with simply because of the size that the Badgers have been recruiting towards in the secondary. But I would say that this is definitely the best pass attack. I think Michigan probably has better uh, receivers um, on pace paper you know and guys that if they're thrown in a different system might be um might be on against uh for sure
0: yeah I would totally agree I mean it's it's one of those ones where you, you on paper Michigan kind of has that you know, that edge but you've seen the production from Michigan State much more this season so it'll be an interesting test for the Badgers when you when you because so you think of Michigan State teams of old you think of you know a dominating defense and then you know a strong run game and they haven't had that this year they really haven't had it the last couple of years so when you look at that you, you're all of a sudden you're expecting kind of a different look from from Mark D'Antonio and I know they haven't changed their scheme a lot uh, but but they've relied a lot more on the pass game so it'll be a good test for the Badgers in this one as they as they try to uh, get to get to another win and and keep this thing rolling one thing that I don't think is being talked about a lot. And obviously, if you've looked at it, you, you see the weather. But I think that's going to be a big factor in this game. I mean, not really warm uh, temperatures. I think last I saw it was a high of 42. And then wind is, is looking like it's going to be prevalent. So how do you think that a weather, cold, windy game is going to affect uh, both of these teams?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think that plays into Wisconsin's advantage simply because Wisconsin has been uh, show, shown this year and in years past the the ability to really dictate the game on the ground. Whereas Michigan State this year um, has really leaned on their passing attack. So I think the winds were up to like 20 miles per hour, so which is which is no joke uh, if you're trying to throw through that. So. I think that benefits Wisconsin to a certain degree, but I think the biggest thing for the Badgers going into this one is going to be playing their own game and, and making sure that they're dictating it. But then addition, additionally uh, keeping hold of the ball, not turning the ball over. We saw what could happen when we had turnover, when the Badgers had turnovers or uh, miscues in special teams against Northwestern that led, led to a lot of those points, you know, Wisconsin, has only given up a 29 points on the year and they probably could have given up a whole lot less if it wasn't for um, basically donating points to Northwestern uh, in that one on the special teams end. So I think holding onto the ball and making sure that to just stick to their game is going to be the, the number one thing for the offense. And I think the Badger defense will, will do their part.
0: Yeah, I, I think the passing game is really going to struggle for both sides simply because of that, because it is kind of a crosswind as what it's projected to be right now. And anytime you try to throw, like you said, in, in winds like that, it, it makes it really hard, it makes it prevalent for underbetters if you're looking at that. <laughs> but I think another thing that is going to affect with, with this weather is, is special teams. And Paul Christo alluded to it uh, in his presser and how important Anytime he's gone up against Michigan State, how important the, the special teams has been. And I was looking at, obviously, Wisconsin has had, you know, the field goal kicking woes with Larson only being two for five. But Michigan State is 11 of 17 on their field goals, too. So if it's a tight, low scoring game like that, you know, neither team has really kicked the ball that well. So that that's something that you add in win to that might even be a, a factor that I th- I don't know if really any team has an advantage because they're both going to have to kick and do it. And. Obviously, if you get some wind behind your back, it maybe helps, but it, it doesn't look like it's going to be that. So that's one thing to keep an eye on as this weather report gets almost worse and worse throughout the week. And then, like you said, I think it gives the I think it gives the Badger defense an advantage because I think Michigan State's going to have to throw the ball, and anytime you have to throw into a wind like that, it, it makes it even more challenging and more you know, something you have to think about even more. So it'll be interesting to see. Obviously. As the weather gets going, you know, in these big ten games and some of these ACC games, where you know though it starts to get colder, it starts to get windier, that'll play a bigger role, and you've got to be crisp, handle your business, even though there's nothing you can really do to control the weather. So you got to take care of your business that way. That's all I have down for the questions. but of course, as we do every week, we have to do the score prediction. So, Matt, what are you thinking as the uh, final score in this uh, crucial Big Ten matchup?
1: Uh, Last time I checked, the spread was like almost two touchdowns. Is that still the case?
0: Yeah, I saw it at 10.5 this morning when I was working on my betting preview, and it's kind of held around there lately. Okay, yeah, so i uh, I think a game similar to
1: that northwestern game where the Badgers aren't going to necessarily look uh, as crisp as they normally do just because of the weather because of the defensive front that uh, Michigan State has uh, but I still think that the Wisconsin defense uh, does their part and is really stingy still so I'm thinking that it'll be a little lower scoring not uh, necessarily uh, you know teetering on anything similar to Iowa and Michigan last week but I think the Badgers maybe go out and put up, you know, 27, and Michigan State gets 13, something around that uh, area where the Badgers are able to, you know, w- cover the spread, but at the same time, uh, you know, take care of uh, what they needed to do on the ground game in order to grind out a victory uh, and ha- have the possession game uh, go in their favor.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I've got a little bit low scoring simply because I think the weather is going to be a big factor and. I think it's going to be tough to, you know, for both offenses to move the ball. Uh, but I do have the Badgers winning uh, 20 to 10. So depending on if you were are betting on the spread, you'll want to try and get uh, the best number possible. But I don't know if the Badgers quite cover. And I just think there's so many, you know, superlatives in this game where it could really go either way. I mean, you could see a few different uh, ways this game plays out. But when you add in weather, all of a sudden, I think it's going to be a tight, low-scoring game. Uh, where where you're going to have to really be attentive detail in order to come out on top. But I think we're both on the same page in expecting kind of a low-scoring game where the Badgers hopefully have it in hand, but it's still close and tight. Anything else as we wrap up uh, our conversation or else we'll kick it over to we've got an interview with Matt Hoppner of uh, Only Colors uh, on deck here uh he's going to join us to talk Michigan State but any other thoughts for you Matt as we uh go into the weekend
1: uh one quick question so the Badgers sure. haven't
0: haven't yet uh
1: trailed at all this season do you think that there's a time in this game that the Badgers
0: trail that's a good question I I guess I didn't even really realize that but now that you say that you're right um maybe if Michigan State uh you know comes down and gets a field goal early but the way Wisconsin's going, if if they get the ball first, you have to expect them you know, to go down and score because so far they've they've scored on their first possession. So if I were a betting guy, I'd, I'd say no because I think I'm hoping the Badgers would get the ball first and score. But there's certainly that chance of Mich- maybe Michigan State getting a, getting an early field goal. What are you thinking?
1: Yeah, I th- I, th- I think the Badgers keep that streak going uh, simply because. I think if this game was in East Lansing, it might be a different ball game in my eyes. But I think because it'll be a Camp Randall and it's not an 11 o'clock kick- kickoff, the 2 th- the 2.30 window is always usually a little uh, uh, nicer to Wisconsin. You know, a lot, lot of fans have a little extra time to get in to the stadium. So I think it'll be a, a good atmosphere for this one. So I think the Badgers will kind of still keep keep that edge going Uh Without, without trailing and hopefully keep that going where they score right away as well uh, on their first drive. Jonathan Taylor with uh, five touchdowns has started on opening drives, which is just crazy to think about.
0: Yeah, let's hope they can keep that trend going. Obviously, with you know such a huge game for the for Wisconsin, and uh, you hope that they can keep that rolling because obviously you want to stay ahead and you want to keep that streak because that means you're you're ending up winning the ball game. So it'll be an interesting matchup. And like you said, 2:30 2:30 game. Uh, I'm sure a lot of eyes around the country will be on it. And uh, now we're going to go ahead and we're going to kick it to a quick ad. But uh, make sure you guys rate, review, subscribe. Hopefully you enjoy the interview on the other side of this and uh, on Wisconsin. All right Badger fans we're now joined by Matt Hepner, who is writer of the over at theonlycolors.com which is Michigan State's SB Nation site. Uh got some great content on the game over there so go ahead and check those guys out if you're looking for some more analysis but we're going to dive into it a little bit here on the podcast. Uh, Matt thanks for joining us. How are you doing tonight?
2: Doing pretty good. How about you guys?
0: Good, good. You know excited for uh, another big uh, Big Ten matchup, obviously a big game for for both schools, and uh, I, mean, I know Michigan State and Wisconsin don't seem like they've played a lot the last few years, but whenever they have, it's been pretty exciting.
2: Yeah, for sure. Actually, when I was going through looking at some of the numbers today for uh, one of my pieces, I was kind of surprised to see that this will only be the third time they've played since the inaugural Big Ten championship game.
0: I know. Isn't that weird? It's, it's with these new these new divisions, it seems like these teams don't get to play as much. I mean, we've seen Michigan the last few years and, you know, you guys, we haven't seen for a while. And I don't think we play again till like 2022. I was looking at some at the Wisconsin schedules. It's kind of an odd thing, but you know, when, you, when they have played, it's been, it's been a lot of exciting football. So you got to, I guess, take advantage of uh, that game.
2: Yeah, for sure. Like I was, that's why I was surprised. Like Because it always seems to be a a great matchup and and a really, really good close game. I think they played within 10 points, like, seven times in a row in between, uh, like, 08 and and the, like, 2016 game or whatever, before the 2016 game.
0: Yeah, I believe it. I mean, these two teams have always played it close, and, you know, a lot of good games come to memory. Um, Some not so good, like that Kirk Cousins Hail Mary. We were talking about that earlier on the show. That one still haunts me in my... In my dreams at night. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, the
2: the one at the end of the year haunts me and mine. So. <laughs> oh yeah, that's
0: that's true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, these two teams uh, have always have you know played tight and played exciting, but you know diving into <laughs> Michigan State this year, you know it it looks like from from what you can see as a Wisconsin perspective, it looks like it's been kind of a up and down for Michigan State. Obviously, mean, you guys have what it looks like it beat you've beaten down on on the teams that are you know, less talented than the Spartans and then struggled with some teams that are either, you know, at their at their level or, you know, like Ohio Ohio State, who's who's probably going to beat down everybody. What's kind of gone right for Michigan State and and what's gone wrong so far this season?
2: Yeah, well, for the most part, the the defense has gone right. Uh, The exception being, you know, last week against Ohio State, when things kind of got away from them, they started off looking really good. And then, you know, the Buckeyes popped some big plays on them, partially because the defense had, you know, been on the field most of the game. But, Ohio State's going to do that to a lot of people. So for the most part, I would say the defense has been as advertised, you know, that people thought it was going to be as good as it was last year uh, coming into this year with most of the, you know, key parts returning. The offense has really been the focus for, you know— through the off season and the fan base and everything else. And rightfully so, because it was so bad last year and uh, you know, the solution that they, that Mark D'Antonio chose to do was to kind of rearrange the deck chairs on the Titanic and, and see if, if new coordinate or the same coordinators in different spots would work. And, it's been a mixed bag it's been up and down there have been flashes of it working well and then there have been you know three games where they have only scored one offensive touchdown and they've lost two of those so you know that's really been the problem is the offense just finding uh consistency and being able to even when sometimes they move the ball well but they can't score points so it really they've got to find a way to finish drives and score points more consistently if they want to you know finish this season having a better record than they had last year
0: sure sure and I think one one spot of that has obviously been Brian Lewerke who's you know in his what is this this his third year at the helm of Michigan State
2: yeah I mean he was played partial a little bit in his freshman year and a little bit last year when he was banged up but you know he this is his third year as you know Going into it as the starter, yeah.
0: You know? Okay, and, that, and that's what I thought. And, you know, to me, I, people I, you know, talk about him a lot, but I think he's kind of underrated in this league. And, you know, when he's healthy, uh, he seems to be playing well. And so far, obviously, last year, I know he it seemed like he battled through injuries a lot. But what's kind of the strength of his game that that Badger fans would look for? Is it just, uh, you know, a strong connection with maybe somebody... In the receiving core, uh, you know, like uh, Daryl Stewart, or is it? What's kind of the strength of Brian Lewerke as uh, they, you know, come into this game?
2: Well, it's interesting that you you mentioned that you think he's kind of underrated because there's been a lot of discussion amongst the Michigan State fan base over the last couple of weeks about how good he actually is. He's been taking a lot of, I think, unfair criticism from the Michigan State fan Mm -hmm. base the last few weeks, and he's actually been playing pretty well this year. I mean, his completion percentage is not spectacular, but it's up near his his, uh, totals from two years ago. He's never going to be a super accurate passer, but... That's kind of what you get. He's a mixed bag type player, but what he does is he makes big plays and he makes big throws and he's going to uh, you know, he he's a gamer and he's a guy who's going to go out there and, and give all of it and try and make the play if it's there. And sometimes that's a, not the best thing to do, but more often than not, he'll 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 make the big play when you need him to. So, I mean, his arm is solid. His ability to run is really the uh, thing that sets him apart. He, he's deceptively quick and he can get out and run, make big plays with his legs. And he can also keep plays alive in the backfield and elude pressure by doing that. It's one of the reasons why Michigan State, despite having some uh, injury issues on the offensive line, is among the uh, top quarter in the country and, you know, not allowing sacks. And that's a lot to do with Lewerke being able to get away. But he's made big throws. And if it, the game is close at the end of the game, he's going to put you in a position to win almost every time.
0: Yeah, and that's what I kind of was, you know, from the stats, it looked like that. I saw the, you know, stat, uh, sacks allowed. You guys are doing really well in, and I wondered how much of that was, was him you know, making plays with his feet, or if it was just, you know, the, a solid offensive line play that way. And obviously, Wisconsin fans are probably familiar with Lawerkey because he's the, the quarterback, and, you know, you, you know those you know those names around the league. Um, other than that, though, I, I'm guessing Badger fans aren't super familiar with a lot of guys. I mean, maybe Kenny Willick is on the defense because, uh, they've seen some him make some big plays, but who's who's one player that Badger fans may not know, but should be on the lookout for this Saturday?
2: I'll give you one on each side of the ball. Um, sure. Elijah Collins is the the new running back for Michigan State this season. Took over the starting role. Uh, second game into the year, he, uh, has a little bit of that. Actually, he wears his number too, but he's got a little bit of that Le'Veon Bell in him and that he's, you know, the patient runner kind of waits for things to develop And his vision is pretty good. And it's certainly the best of of a Michigan State back that we've seen the last few years. You know, last year with Connor Hayward, you know, kind of uh, transitioning into being a running back after not, you know, being a primary running back before. Didn't really have that same natural instinct. Collins has that. And he's got the ability to uh, shed some tackles and make some big plays in the running game. Now it's going to be tough sledding against that Wisconsin defense, but he's done a pretty good job of it this year when he's gotten any room to run. On the defensive side of the ball, you mentioned Willekes. Joe Bocci is another name that a lot of people might know already. But uh, Antoine Simmons, outside linebacker, he is a guy who is coming on, making a lot of big plays. He's kind of having a breakout season. Uh, he's been hitting guys in the backfield. He's up there in tackles for loss. Um and if they're going to slow down Taylor this week, he's going to be a big part of it.
0: Absolutely. Uh, it sounds like a, a strong linebacking core, you know, for you guys and obviously a strong front seven overall that uh, Badger fans will have to look out. But uh, on the offensive side, that's good to know, because I was kind of wondering what was going on at the running back position, because I know there's been some uh, was it is it transfers or guys entering the transfer portal over there that were just down on the depth chart or?
2: Well, yeah, Hayward and uh, Ladarius Jefferson both went into the transfer portal, and they actually probably opened the season up as kind of the the top two on the depth chart. But sure. Collins jumped them both because he's a natural running back, and they were both kind of athletes trying to play running back. And uh, so, yeah, they were just thinking, you know, better chances elsewhere.
0: Perfect. That's good to know as a Badger fan, because yeah, like we, you yeah, know, I would have never known that unless uh, talking to someone like you. So I appreciate that insight. Um, going off of kind of that, you know these These two teams seem pretty evenly matched, and there's a lot of places in, in areas where you can look at this game and you can see advantages on either side. But what's one area that you feel the Spartans kind of have an advantage over Wisconsin?
2: Yeah, I, I don't know if there's any specific area that they have like a tremendous advantage or or a you know legit advantage over Wisconsin. I would say that maybe the fact that it's kind of um, you know strength on strength might work in their favor. You know, uh, Michigan State, despite last week, has been very good at stopping the run over the last few years with this group. And they were doing a pretty good job of it, at least at the beginning of last week, as well against Ohio State. And that's really what, you know, I mean, the, the focal point, right, of the Wisconsin offense, it, it all kind of goes around Taylor and they're going to kind of work off of the running game. If Michigan State can, you know, slow down the running game, Slow down the offense a little bit, gets them into the kind of the game that they're going to need to be in in order to win, which is kind of one of those slug it out, close game, see who makes the better play at the end of the at the end of the day type thing. So that's I think that's really the area. You know, I want to see the strength on strength battles of the running attack of Wisconsin against Michigan State's uh, run defense.
0: Yeah. And, I, you know, Paul Chris kind of alluded to that in his Monday press conference that we were at. He, he, he said, you know, anytime they go up against Michigan State, I know it hasn't been a lot lately, but anytime they, they go against them, they know that they've got to be really physical you know, on both sides of the ball, because that's kind of the, the game that Michigan State seems to bring anytime uh, they take on the Badgers that way. On the flip side of that, you know, I, I don't know how much you've seen of Wisconsin so far this season, but is there any area that, that really concerns you with the Badgers, uh, you know, coming into this game?
2: Well, I mean, their defense overall, but I I was surprised to see how well uh, they are in in passing defense as well. I mean, you always kind of think about Wisconsin as a team that runs the ball and stops the run, and that's a real good place to start from because that means you're controlling the uh, line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. But the fact that they've done so well um, in uh, in pass defense as well, you know, that's an area that – was uh, when I was looking through the stats, I was like, oh, wow, they're they're that good against the pass as well. Now, some of that is, you know, you look at who they've played. They haven't played a lot of prolific passing offenses, but Michigan state isn't a prolific passing offense either, even though they've been spreading the ball out and throwing it more this year than they ever have under Mark D'Antonio. Uh, you know, I was kind of thinking, you know, Oh, maybe there's a little bit in there. They can, you know, the work can get going there. Yeah, it's going to be tough sledding there. So seeing how well uh, they've defended the pass, And, you know, the, the couple of the games I've watched were the, the Michigan and the North the Northwestern game. And yeah, you, you, you saw them shut down, both of those teams on both the ground and through the air. So the pass defense is uh, is really where Michigan State's going to have to try and probably win the game. And Wisconsin's been real tough.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. And like you mentioned, you know the opponents have been you know not not necessarily lethal. And I, Matt and I, uh, my co-hosts were actually debating it earlier if whether you know the Michigan State passing attack is is better right now and probably the best that the Badgers have seen. Um, over the Michigan, because we saw how you know much Shea Patterson struggled in that game, but we also saw that down the end where where they started to make plays with with guys on that Michigan team, and I'm sure Michigan State will be looking to do some of that uh, as well. And one other thing, I didn't put it in the notes, um, but obviously weather it seems like it's going to play a factor in this game. It's going to be cold. It's going to be windy. Uh, what's what's kind of the, the going on with the special teams? Because it seems like field goal kicking may have be from the stats has kind of been a struggle. Uh, for the Spartans and the same struggles kind of happened for the Badgers so is there anything uh, that the Badger fans should be aware of as in that with you know the special teams that way
2: well yeah I mean Matt Coglin, the Spartan kicker has he's had a rough go of it this year and it's it's weird he kind of got the yips out of nowhere in the uh, during the Arizona State game earlier in the year he had coming into that game was the the most um Efficient. He had the best uh, field goal percentage of any kicker in Michigan State history. Two years, he had been great. He had made I think seven or eight field goals in a row up to that point, and then all of a sudden the wheels kind of came off. Now in that game, he also had two made field goals that got called back by penalties, and then he missed the re-kick So that's the kind of thing that happens a lot. But since then, he's been not not great, and they, he missed another one last week that was a chip shot you know, inside 30 yards and missed two of those that inside of 30 yards, he'd only missed once coming into the season. So I don't really know what's going on there. I know they're still confident in him and I know they're going to keep putting him out there, but yeah, obviously, you know, in windy conditions, which is, you know, nothing that he's not used to kicking in, playing at, you know, Michigan state. So we'll have to see And, and Michigan state, you know, with them being not as efficient on offense and not converting enough points missing the field goals has been part of the problem punting side punting has been great Jake Hartberger is back for his sixth season he got a red shirt after getting hurt last year medical red shirt he's been averaging like 45 plus yards a kick and he's been pinning people deep so you know if it turns into a field position battle Hartberger has been pretty good but the uh, yeah the uh, the place kicking has been kind of out of nowhere became a problem
0: well, it's good to know because obviously, you know, you expect kind of coming into this with, you know, probably a low-scoring defensive battle where, you know, if you need to flip the field, that, that maybe favors uh, the Spartans that way because punting and special teams in general hasn't been hasn't been great for the Badgers so far this season. And you know, Paul Chris kind of you know talked about that in the presser too, where it always seems to come down to a couple plays like that, maybe on special teams to to decide some of these games, but. Wrapping up here, the final question, and you don't have to give a score prediction or anything, but I wanted to ask you. um, We do a fill in the blank. So Michigan State wins this football game if, and you can go ahead and fill in that blank.
2: Michigan State wins this football game if Brian Lewerke is the best player on the field.
0: That's fair enough, and I would think that's probably, you know, like you said, the the way that they're going to attack Wisconsin is going to be through him, and like you said, he's, you know, it sounds like. For everything I've seen, he's a gamer, and you know if, if if he's the best player on the field, that probably is that probably is accurate. So Matt, we appreciate you coming on the show. Obviously, uh, it'll be a, a big uh, big game on Saturday, and uh, we uh, thank you for having on. I don't know if you uh, if you cover basketball too for for the for the website.
2: Yep, yeah, I, okay. I'll have uh, basketball stuff all season
0: long. Okay, awesome. Well, we'll we'll see if maybe we can have you on uh, once we get into that season as well. I know Michigan State has a distinct advantage on the court, so, but <laughs> it'll be fun to, to, to get into that season, and you guys look like you'll have a good team uh, on that side as well. But we appreciate you coming on and taking the time.
2: Yeah, absolutely, no problem. Thanks for having me.